hello everybody welcome to cowboy conversations this is sarah thorpe the executive director of save the cowboy and we have for the most part our regular crew we're missing one and we've got a new one that i'm really excited about amen so we've got kevin weatherby who is the founder of save the cowboy how are you doing i'm foundered foundered yeah that's not good oh <laughs> try to get in there founding, founding. founded uh i'm good yeah. I, had a col- I had a colonoscopy yesterday uh, i'm sorry yeah it wasn't too we bad we never even got one minute in the colonoscopy is easy it's the prep that oh. uh, uh, yeah not good <sighs> not your favorite well, thing in life no no not really uh be I'm glad for the five years <laughs> before I have to do it again. <laughs> Good. Starting so, over fresh. Yes, yes. That's, that's, a, that's a man fresh. who yeah. thinks... You said in, fresh. In, in, he's a little, that's a man who thinks in the glass half full. Yes. yes. He's a yes. little yes. leaner looking this yeah. morning. Yeah. Yes. yeah. You're a little yeah. subdued. I am a little drawn up. I think you've been humbled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I if you see my, my old back hunched up a little yeah. bit, you'll know what it is. <laughs> see my tail held up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. We've got Ty Weber, our ranch manager. How are you? I'd like to be referred to as like the VP of ranch operations or or something like that. Okay, I'll not the president. Just the if you can be executive director, I can I can have a cool name. Yeah. Yeah. Ranch manager, just pretty. Yeah. Anybody be a ranch manager? Do that. Well, I'm VP of ranching operations. Ranching and farming operations. No, no. <laughs> ranching and llama operations. No. Ranching no. and goat operations. Nope. Nope. No affiliation. Okay, no affiliation. we're open to all animals. <laughs> we are not. <laughs> and we have Blake Miller. How oh, are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. What's Good. Up, What's my title? Intern. Intern. You are the intern. The intern. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, head of intern operations. Yeah, you got to stick around for another title. You got to stick around a bit longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Mm yep. Gotcha. Whether you want to or not. Whether you want to or not. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. No pressure. No. No forcing. But you're staying in the basement. End up in the basement, just tied up. Yeah. Be cool. That'd be a good (laughs) title. Yeah, we'll work on it. Chief abductee. Oh, I was saying for that when you introduce our special guest. Oh, okay. I'm excited yeah. about this. Warming up my buttons. Okay, we have a very special guest. Yes. You have heard a lot about her before on the podcast. I don't, she, you should know that. You listen, right? Yes. Okay, everybody, please welcome Kathy Weber. Yay! Yay! Kathy! Wow. Yes, welcome. Kathy is Ty's lovely wife. And so he does talk about you a lot on here. And, we're and we love it. We do. Mm-hmm. And we we're it. so happy that you're joining us today. Good. I'm excited to be here today. Good. You do sound, you, both of y'all ladies have the <sighs> podcast voice, don't they? Yeah. I oh, love we're here it. sound like I a 12 year old. So what do you think, Kevin? <laughs> I think it's great, Blake. That's a good point. <laughs> I listened to my voice the other day. I was like, okay. You get oh. used to it, by the way. So you do get deep, used to it. So you're telling me a monotone voice is not good for radio. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you get guys. The job. You're our favorite 12-year-old, Blake. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You're a favorite 12-year-old girl. There's my title. Kevin's favorite 12-year-old. Girl. 
creepy. No, not really. Let's get back on track. We had a track? We do. I have notes. Okay. Okay. They're rough notes. It's a rough outline. Okay. Well, it's a topic I've been dying to talk about. There it is. Death and dying. Yeah. I want to start with just a little story because I had a recent experience with death. I lost um, one of my dogs recently mm. and he was old or he was 11 and I'd had him since he was a puppy and he was starting to get some hip problems. So I come home one day and he, he doesn't get up to greet me. So I thought it was just his hips. So I get him inside and go about doing my business and I hear a horrible sound, which I actually thought was a bottle calf mewing, mm. you know, wow. that, that sound. Was that good? Yeah, it was pretty good. Okay. So I walked I'm not sure if they mew, but well, what do that's they do? a different conversation. They moo. Moo. Not moo. What does that sound like? Well, d- it depends on... It sounds like on a difference between a moo and a mew. Yeah. It sort of depends uh, on if it's a distressed moo. It or sounded it, like a distressed or mew. Or if it's a... Would a mew, mew be a distressed mew? Yes. Yeah, there you go. That's what I heard, so I thought... It didn't sound like... No, it was not a lamb. Okay. But it sounded so much like that, I looked yeah. out my front door expecting one of you guys to have a calf there for me. Oh. But there wasn't. We learned yeah. a lesson on that. I know. That's another story. <laughs> my place is the place to send animals to die, unfortunately. <laughs> the pet cemetery. <laughs> it is. Hi. It is. My name is Sarah Kevorkian, and I'm the executive director <laughs> of Save the Cowboy. <laughs> Bringing peaceful endings. Yes. yes. Everywhere you go. <laughs> Oh so unfortunately, it was not a bottle calf. I looked away from the front door and into the living room and my poor dog had puked everywhere and it was just clear bile and I looked at him and I immediately knew he yeah. was dying. Mm-hmm. And I just went and I cleaned up a little bit and I sat down with him and I spent his last moments with his head in my lap, loving on him. He mm-hmm. had a couple bouts of pain, which was tough to go through. Mm-hmm. But... Um, when he passed and like looking back, I would rather have a dog pass like that peacefully mm-hmm. and naturally and fairly quickly in my lap and being loved on. So he passes and I was relieved at that because I didn't want it to last any longer than it needed to. Right. And I also knew some of you may be thinking, why didn't you take him to the vet? I knew he was dying guys. Right. And my, you didn't want to move him. No, no, I don't want to move him. He hates the vet. I feel like he waited on me. He was he, looking directly at he me. He was right where he needed to be. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And we'll get into my thoughts on death and that might make a little more sense. I'm not cold hearted. It was, Mm-mm. for me, it was a compassionate thing to yeah, do for sure. him. So <clears throat> he passes and I'm just sitting there petting on him and, you know, getting some peace. Telling him you love him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanking him for all the years he gave me mm-hmm. and... All of that good stuff. That physical and touch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, dogs are the best. But he passes, and a few minutes later, my mom, who passed away in March of 2020, just popped into my mind. And that's been two years, and I, I still think of her every day, and I want to call her and send her pictures and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. But the thought that popped into my mind was that Right then, I felt like my mom was greeting my dog. Oh, wow. And I feel like she she must be the official mm-hmm. uh, pet and child greeter of heaven mm-hmm. because we've talked about having jobs in heaven. Yeah. And it brought Why me... Why would she be the child? <clears throat> I know, but people uh, listening might not. She was a first grade and kindergarten teacher, <laughs> and she was truly devoted and 
she just brought so much joy and so Loved much what she did. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. How many bulletin boards did you help do? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> You were a TK, a teacher's kid? <laughs> Man, I was. And I so I don't have children and I never had a desire to have children until recently. But I swear it was because of her. It's yeah. her fault. <laughs> because she made me go before school and after school and student teacher nights and set up the bulletin boards and take them down. Yeah. So she ruined me on that. But she was amazing <laughs> at what she did. So you never wanted to be a teacher? No. <laughs> no. Or, or that a is a special calling. No, I that didn't. That is a special calling. It is. Oh, bless her heart. She, they are she not was paid made nearly for enough. Yeah, you no. Kinda, you kind of went the other way. Into business? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, totally I- went isolation. the opposite way. Yeah. Yeah, she just ruined me on people. Kids <laughs> 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 don't do that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> just <But> ask Mitch. <laughs> oh, that's who we're missing. We're oh. missing old Mitchy Mitch. Yeah. Oh. He's fishing in Kansas. Don't feel bad. Yeah. yeah. He's been sending me Snapchats of all his fishing gear. And I'm like, dude, what did you like rob a bass I think we, need to, go to, I think we need to go to Blake's. To for to, dinner to Blake's and have Blake oh, cook us on party the Blake's house. Again, at Blake's house, I, was, I didn't ask him if I could have a party. Oh, you don't have to. He, he technically didn't say no. Then I think that's a green light. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What time? Uh, whenever you want to. Okay. After your nap. What? Yeah, after my nap. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that'd be I paid great. the rent the first of the month. I was we're, about to say. We're good to go. Ty, <laughs> Ty, pretty much. Ty, what time should we be there? Oh. <laughs> I should have done the. Never mind, I missed the button. It's too oh, late now. No, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah. tough. it's tough. Any, I know. It. I got it. I'm going to keep my fingers on the buttons. <laughs> so I had, it's sad that my dog died. Yes. And I've lost people in my life too, but this is the most recent loss. And it always brings up thoughts of death for me. And I personally do not have a fear of death. I am worried about the act of dying because that could be unsettling and scary and drawn out. So what do you guys think? Are you afraid of death? You know, it's kind of ironic maybe uh, today, and everybody that knows me personally knows what my uh, paternal grandmother meant to me. Not that my maternal doesn't, but she's still Mm -hmm. here. But um, today would have been my grandmother's 100th birthday. 100th birthday today. We lost her about five years ago, and um, four or five years ago. I don't remember. It's been too long. But uh, you know what? I, I, I think I switch all the time. Like in one, in one phase of my life, I'm like, I can't wait. It's not that I want to die. I just want to be in heaven. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I want to yeah. be with Jesus, yeah. you know, yeah. and I, I kind of feel like Paul when he said, you know, I'm torn because I know I've got a job to do down here, mm-hmm. but I want to be with Christ. So I know that ultimately I'll get there. So while I'm here, I'll. I'll spread his word. And that's roughly paraphrasing. But, um, yeah, I I think that sometimes I am. But I think it's more along the lines of what you said. It's the act of dying, not being dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If that makes sense. It absolutely does. Yeah, I totally get it. So, yeah, yeah, I I, I go through phases. And, um, yeah, Yeah. right right now I'm good, though. Yeah. Right now, yeah. Good. How about you, Blake? For me... It's the same thing as like what you guys say. I, being dead does not fear. I'm not afraid of that because yeah. I know I know where I'm. I know where I'm going. Amen. Yeah. And that that doesn't uh, concern me. I don't like pain. <laughs> 
Just little. Well, that's little, good. Little known fact: I'm, I'm not that big on pain. There's, so, there's a name for that. Like there's a name yes. for that. There's a name for that. Well, good. And they have medications to help you. Okay. Good, yes. Good. Well, if that ever changes, and therapies. I'll come to yeah. yeah, they can hook you. Up. Okay. Good. Um, I think the thing I fear the most, though, is not anything to do with me or my death. It's the people around me closest that I love, mm-hmm. yeah. them going through pain and them dying. Yeah. That, I'll be honest, there are days that that literally terrifies me. I mm. totally get that. When my mom died, I feel like she was young mm-hmm. to be passing, but mm-hmm. she was unhealthy. Um, and I knew it was coming. Yeah. And actually my prayers turned to God, please don't let her suffer yeah. or fix her. Yeah. Whichever one. I know... It's going to be one or the other, but Uh just don't let her linger. Don't let her suffer too long. But after she passed, I got this crazy fear of my dad dying. Yeah. Because I, oh, I couldn't imagine losing another parent and it's going to happen. But it hits me every now and then. Yeah. Thinking about that. It hits me too. And it hits me most of the time, like when I'm super thankful for my Mm. parents or something or something you know, not big happens in our life, but just like when I get off the phone and we've had an awesome conversation on the phone for like an hour and I'm just thinking how thankful I am to have them in my life and yeah. then to think. And then it's it's ultimately kind of selfish to really fear, you know, them being gone because ultimately, I mean, heaven's going to be better than down exactly. here. So if anything, I should be like, like, dang it. <laughs> like, like you say, Ty, like, well, why can't I go too, you know? God, can't you see how much I've been doing? God, can't you just kill me? Sarah's, got a, little, Sarah's got a little story about how I feel about people beating me to heaven. Oh, yeah. Yes. So my water heater went out and Ty calls one morning and I'm trying, I'm literally laying on the floor cramped into this fetal position trying to click this thing on. Click, click, click. And I'm talking to Ty and I got him on speakerphone. I'm like, this is what I'm doing right now, Ty. So, and then we lost connection. <laughs> you <laughs> thought she blew herself up. <laughs> <laughs> so he calls back and he's, he was going to be mad at me. And I was like, why, why were you going to be mad at me? That's your first reaction. If I just died. Yes. He's mad. And what did you that tell me? Exactly I right. told her I was going to be pissed if she beat me to heaven. <laughs> I can see, I can, I can see you at the funeral, just like giving your speech up. There's like a little kid kicking, like, I can't believe you beat me to heaven. That's what I would. Well, this is bull crap. <laughs> this is bull this crap, is bull Sarah. <laughs> and Sarah, what it is, is love is what that is. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, yes. I know. But I hadn't heard it that way before. Yep. And it absolutely is love. And yeah. it's a wonderful yeah. way to look at it. Yeah. 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 So how about you, Ty? Are you afraid of death or dying? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. You grew up in the ranching world. You see a lot of stuff die. Yeah. Lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, all the time. Yeah. Um, some of it's pretty, pretty tra- traumatic. Mm-hmm. Some of it's peaceful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to choose peaceful. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> we don't get that choice. Um, we can pray, though. You know, you know what worries <laughs> me the most about death is is leaving my son. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I, I've, I've always kind of had a deal with God. It's my deal. I don't, I'm not sure God has bought <laughs> God into signed it. God <laughs> I'm like, God, just, just, let, him, just let, let me get him to be a man yeah. Yeah. before mm-hmm. you take me. Yeah. Because I, I really just want to make sure he's all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to yeah. make sure... Most of all, that he's a believer, and I can't be sure of that, you know. But, but I can try. I yeah, can, I you mean, can we, do all you yeah. can. Andy and I try to do as much as we can to to help him make that choice. Yes. Um, and I'm like, just just let me live to see him be a man, so that I know he's going to be okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I know he's going to be okay because because he does love God and God yeah. loves and God him. loves him. And, and, yeah. mm-hmm. 
Um, so that, that's been my biggest fear, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Kathy and I have talked to each other. You know, it, it, would, it would devastate me to lose her. But sh- she's lived. I mean, and, and, and she's, you know, I can, you know, we're, we're good. Yeah. Right. If either one of us goes. I just, I just don't want to. Yeah. So like, I'm the only one in the room that's been orphaned. Like both yeah. of my parents are dead. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm an orphan, and yeah. I don't want my son to be orphaned. And at, so is at, my at wife's the same age. way. Yeah. She's, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. and she only has one biological sibling mm-hmm. left. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And she's my age. And you it, know, and it, it was tough. I mean, losing my dad was was uh, bittersweet, um, but losing my mom mm. was hard because then I knew. I mean, like right. that's it. Yeah, I don't have anybody I can call. Right, a parent anyway, and, yeah. and and I'm I'm now an orphan. I, I mean, have I you got no have you noticed that so. like what you use what your parents used to be to you now you're that for somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely, you know. Yep. Wow. Yep. So sure. yep. that passing of that mantle, and I and I don't know what it's like, Ty. So I'm yep. kind of, you know, I'm just speculating well, but i mean it it's, it's gonna a, it's happen an honor to us in a way and then yeah. other ways it just means i'm old you know? <laughs> I'm, i find that now when i go to brandings i get the old guy jobs right and uh i guess now i'm officially an old guy so. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. anyway i don't know i don't know that. well it's like some i don't live daily in fear of you know, of dying I, I i don't really dwell on it much yeah no. um i don't i really don't i'm like can't wait to die i can't wait uh to be in heaven get, yeah. off, get off this uh revolving cesspool yeah. yes on, but, yeah, well i don't really want to die i just want jesus to come back yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah getting raptured to be cool yeah raptured yeah. to be yeah. all right yeah it's hard to say like i've had some traumatic wrecks and stuff mm-hmm. you know i don't know if i'd call, ever call them near death could have been yeah i don't know but I never thought about dying during that. I, th- I thought about living. Right. You know? mm-hmm. So, mm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And Kathy. It's a <coughs> provocative question. It is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Kathy, I saved you for last Speaking because. Of provocative. <laughs> 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 yep, that's Calm my down. husband. <laughs> that's my husband. <laughs> Nonstop. It goes, it. It's like <coughs> this at home. Good. 24 7. Good. Good. Yeah, I love it. Um, I saved you for last because of your career and your exposure to death and dying. Mm -hmm. And so tell me a little bit about what you do and then how you feel about death and dying. Oh boy. Um, I am a neonatal nurse practitioner, um, have been for 20 years and was a nurse for five or seven years or something like that before I became a neonatal nurse practitioner. So I take care of critical babies that are sick and see a lot of loss um, from traumatic births or um, just babies that are born early and just don't make it and die from whatever it is that might have taken them. Yeah. Um, and, And then I also am a rancher's wife and get to experience a lot of loss in that realm as well, mm-hmm. um, which which is interesting, is different for me and harder for me than the humans mm-hmm. that pass away, to be honest with you, because really? there's no control out in a pasture. Ah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm, I'm adjusting to that, to that piece of that and to that, um, 
just the human nature of it all, quite frankly. And then um, I think the other piece that brought me sort of full circle to this conversation is that it's almost eight years ago in end of July, I was diagnosed with lung cancer. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in that initial workup phase, I didn't know what stage I was. And if you Google lung cancer, you, mm-hmm. before all the treatments that have changed lately, um, you really were expected to, to die within a year. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a death sentence. And, yeah. and Coy, our son, was in third grade mm-hmm. at the time of my diagnosis. And, you know, so I, I realized some things there about, oh, my God, like I then put pressure on him. I'm like, he has got to grow up right now. I have been babying this boy. <laughs> um, he is going to learn how to cook. He's going to learn how to wash <laughs> his own clothes. And I'm not kidding. Like Ty calls me at work and says, can you talk to Coy? He like put his baseball hat in the washing machine. I'm like, he's washing it. Don't he's criticize, washing it. critique him. Coy, <laughs> adjust the rearview mirror where you can see out of it <laughs> a little better. <laughs> yeah, we need another pillow. <laughs> uh, but that was interesting. And then obviously the just the conversations that Ty and I had, I he never expected me to get sick. I mean, we unfortunately... A lot of the men, and not a lot of them, all the men on his side of the family pass very early on of a heart attack in their 50s or wow. 60s. And so mm. I think we've just grown up thinking that he would go first. And isn't that just crazy? Just well, thinking it's, that. It's kind of the natural. Right. <laughs> well, no. I, I mean, it's, I mean it, it, yeah. it was just given. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I yeah. just assumed all the time. And, and when she was diagnosed, I'm like, for the first time, I'm like, holy crap. This isn't how it's supposed I'm, to work. I might outlive her, <laughs> right? And then, and then I've got to take care of Koi and do all this stuff, and mm-hmm. and it was a it was a shock. It was seriously shocking. I remember it, that it hit me hard. Mm. But we had lots of great conversations about death, and and Koi, Koi really led us to that openness, and which leads me to my openness about talking with people now. And I work with a lot of cancer patients now, just from a ministry standpoint mm-hmm. personally i give my time there to help people when they're sick and hurting and dying or hospitalized or whatever it's it's natural for me that's where i gravitate and and i you know being afraid of dying i don't know that i'm afraid of dying and and ty and i through all of this in the beginning he had said, you know, what we're most grateful for is just that we have faith. Like, mm-hmm. I I can't imagine not having that solid foundation to stand on going through that turmoil. And you see people that don't have anything to grab onto. Mm-hmm. And, and I think um, that that sort of changes, um, that changes my perspective on how um, you face death and dying and the things that I've seen in the past. And and just how to deal with it. Yeah. Um, do you see a difference in patients, those that are believers and those that are not, and how they handle? No question. Really? In my mind. Do you think you yeah. could pick them out without knowing? Is it that? Oh, yes. Really? Yes. Fam- families that are believers or not believers or because you can feel it. You can Ooh. feel the angst. You can feel the stress. You can feel the devastation in a different way. Yes, Christians or people that have faith and have God and are praying over their loved one at that time of passing, 
is different than those that are desperate and angry and mm. there's just a completely different feeling and intensity to that whole thing. Hold on. Kevin just put on his hat backwards and it's grabbed a pen and paper. Real. So something's about to happen. <laughs> it's about to get real. Brace yourself. He's got some questions. He's brace, thinking. Brace, brace, brace. <laughs> I've got some stuff that I don't want to slip out of my pea brain. What, so. what I see is his wheels. Smoke's oh, coming uh -huh. out of his ears. Yeah. 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 Well, that's good. Keep going. Keep going. No. I don't know that. that I think that was <laughs> that was it. I was curious because she said that she could tell a difference tell the between difference. believers yeah. and non-believers in that situation. Can, oh, yeah. It, it's, it's insane. I was just going to say that one of the hardest times of my life, ministerial, was um, we had a, a lady that was a board member, and she had twin daughters, and uh, they were grown, had families and stuff, and one of the daughters was in a car wreck, and we were up at Brighton where she was in critical care, all that stuff. And about five or six of us went in there. And guys, I'm not kidding you. Like, we prayed over her, and there was not a doubt in my mind that she was coming out of that. Like, like seriously. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I believed, <laughs> I mean, I kind of, not that it, anything was coming from me, but I felt like Paul, like, you know, when the, when the, or like when that boy fell out of the window and died and, mm -hmm. and Jesus brought him back. I mean, like, not that I'm Jesus, but like, I, I believed that hard that like, she's going to wake up. Mm -hmm. There was not a doubt in my mind. And she died. But that rattled you. It did. Like, I really believed. And, and it, I didn't blame God or anything, but like, you know how some things, you know, you just believe in so strongly, and when it doesn't happen, it just kind of, mm -hmm. it's kind of like getting kicked by a mule that you didn't know was standing by you, uh -huh. and it really, really bothered me, and then I got to thinking, you know, she was in a coma and everything, and I thought, God, there were so many people, godly people that believed in this, and we're not basing God's goodness on whether or not you know, yep. he saved somebody right. earthly or anything like that. But like, I really believed and like the only way I could just not justify it, but maybe wrap my head around it. And, and I really feel like it was from God is that a coma separates people from people. A coma does not separate a person from God. Right. Yeah. Right. And in my mind, I really thought that, like God asked her, it's like, hey, these people are praying for you, and I'll answer that prayer. But I'm just telling you that if I answer that prayer, I've seen the beginning, the middle, and the end. And if I bring you back six or seven years from now, y'all are going to be in a car, you and your daughter and your husband, and you're going to look down, yep. and a guy's going to hit it, hit y'all, and all three of you are going to pass away. Do yeah. you want to be brought back? And she said, no. And, and like, I'm, I'm not saying that that's what happened. Right. But I, I think that that kind of stuff goes on well, more than, than we think. Yeah. There's, <clears throat> I've read a number of books on near-death experiences. Mm -hmm. And there's, um, not like an institute, but an organization that, like, actually studies all of that. Yep. And it is from a... Um, faith-based standpoint. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what kind. An institute, institute of 
Just okay. one. Well, we should all be institutionalized. Well, that, yes, that so. is for well, sure. Maybe, we should be institutionalized. We'll be the first members. Exactly. <laughs> we the Institute of the Institutionalized. The institution. Institutional. I don't even know. You are all already part of a club. Yes. That's right. It's yeah. It's Welcome. already happened. Institutors. The institutors. Instituting the institutes. You know, Kevin. Come on, come sort on, of hit it. Following on what. Yes. Sort of following up on what you said is that I don't. What I've come to understand is that I honestly don't believe that our humanness can allow us to grasp the concept of why somebody is being taken Amen. at the mm-hmm. time that they're being taken. Amen. And we kind of have a saying with babies. Uh, well, one of the physicians that I've worked with that's been working for 50 years is that. You know, sometimes babies die in spite of us, and sometimes they live in spite of us. So sometimes parents that everything looks terrible and the prognosis is terrible and they want to take the baby off and let it pass, um, they live. Amen. And the ones that are getting ready to go home tomorrow, something Mm -hmm. terrible happens and they die before they walk out the door. And and those are things that we cannot comprehend and, and understand how they've made it to that journey and... And why, and I, you know, and I, I, th- I think that's, it doesn't matter what age you are, a baby or a 40-year-old or a 7-year-old, a 90-year-old, does, does it make it easier? Some, some people might argue that it does in some instances. Well, right. at least they've lived. Well, they've never lived. Or, but. Yeah, you could argue both, actually. Yeah. You can. But a baby's yeah. never felt fear the pain of, or yeah. any of that type but stuff. But what I do believe no matter what, no matter what age and what circumstances that God protects us in this, in those moments and um, takes us away from that pain mm-hmm. and the near death experience thing. I had a situation some time ago that happened to me and I ended up laying on the floor of a grocery store and they never really found out what had happened to me. And, but I cannot even begin to tell you the peace that I felt and the light that I felt and that I, that no matter what I was going to be okay. And that was so reassuring to Mm -hmm. me. And I couldn't remember our phone number. I couldn't call Ty. I didn't, I had to wait for them to, um, come and get me to take me to the hospital because I didn't know where I was or whatever. And, um, but I was protected and I believe without question that children and babies are taken care of. And I just think in all traumatic events, we're not present. We don't remember that stuff. And I think that's the Holy spirit and God protecting us in those moments. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's reassuring to me, no matter how horrible it looks for any of us witnessing that trauma and that tragedy, Mm -hmm. God, is with them. Yeah. Yeah. You've heard of people uh, that are mad at Adam and Eve, right? Mm-hmm. Christians. Mm-hmm. Because of what they, because they ruined it for us. Oh, right? uh, yeah. Because yeah, we'd we, have got to we just live in paradise, done. right? Yeah. yeah. We, we'd have been born. We, we wouldn't have messed it up. <laughs> right. Can you imagine yeah. Adam? Oh, sure. Blame it all <laughs> on me. All on me. Right. My yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor but, Adam. You know, we'd have been <laughs> born. Guy. We'd have lived in paradise forever, right? Right. Right. What? Isn't that what a baby, a, a baby when it dies? Isn't that what happened? Oh Pretty goodness! Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's born and then goes straight to paradise. Amen. Mm. Amen. So, I'm not saying it doesn't devastate the right. No, the parents, it, their loss is, but, but, but how lucky is that baby? Amen. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Or, or just someone like who is said, didn't suffering. Didn't experience any suffering. It went straight. Yeah. Went sh- 
straight to the garden. The best, the, and I, y'all have heard me say it, and I'll say it till I'll say it until the day I die. The, well, five words. It's when John Perkins died. He's the one that recited our house and put all our new windows in, and him and my son got to be pretty close because Griffin helped him. And the day that John passed, standing right here in this living room, right underneath the ceiling fan, and I put my hand on, Griffin was walking through, and I put my hand on his shoulder, and I said, Griffin, I said, John passed today. And this 15-year-old kid, little snot-nosed kid, took a deep breath, and he goes, well, I'm real sorry for us. Mm. Yeah. I'm real sorry for us. And I mean, that, that just, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, God spoke through him, because it's true. Yeah. John was yeah. great. <laughs> Yeah, John he was, was he was great. He yeah, was, he'd been suffering. Yes, I guarantee you he he was happy. Yeah, yeah. He went. yeah. And when my mom was dying, I don't think I said this on air. When my mom was dying, I knew she was dying. It was kind of long and drawn out. And my prayer became, God, either save her or take her. Do not, just please don't let her suffer, mm-hmm. because death is inevitable. It is a part of life. Right. And you said, Kathy, people ask why and. I get it. When I lost my brother, I mean, I was young and did not have a solid foundation in my faith. And I turned my back on God and couldn't understand why God would take my brother. God didn't take my brother. God doesn't kill people. No, no. he doesn't. He saves it is people. No. It is simply a part of life. And we all have free will, which puts us into situations. We all have a body that is flawed by the original sin mm-hmm. that's going to break down, it's yep. going to happen. And I know when somebody is going through that, that to wrap their mind around that, I can't imagine losing a child. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't. And I would probably say the same thing at that time. But if you can step back from your situation or when you're working through your morning, just remember God is not taking no. Your loved ones. And no. also, no. God does not need another angel. <laughs> we, God doesn't need anything. No. no. And and I say that because we aren't angels. We are different creations. Yes. From we're not we angels don't get, now. We don't we're get not angels wings. when we die. And no. we will never be angels. Nope. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, um, and it's, it's interesting when you talk about Griffin. Coy helped Ty and I tremendously with dealing with my at the time potential passing in Mm -hmm. our mind before I knew anything. And just so everyone knows, I ended up with stage one lung cancer. They took out part of my lung, the right upper lobe of my lung, and I've been cancer free for eight years. So I'm considered cured. Amen. But that was a wake up call and it was, it was just a awesome way to refocus and save Ty and I's marriage. And Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I remember the day that I got told that the, what looked like on my x-ray that looked like lung cancer, I went and picked up Koi from school. And that day, we drive by a cemetery every single day, picking him up from school. That day, I drive by, and he's like, so, Mom, do you think you're going to be buried in that cemetery? Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. He didn't say <clears throat> you and Dad. He said, do you think you're going to be buried in that cemetery? And I remember looking up, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Right, like, right now? Are you like, serious? Like, he's going to ask me that today. Mm-hmm. Like, 24 hours after they just told <laughs> uh, me this. Now, does he know yet? Did he? No, he did not okay, know. Okay, so he didn't Nothing. know anything. No. Yeah. Okay, no. I just wanted to be no. sure. But, and then, 
you know, there's just little things like that. And, you know, what did you say? I, you I needed a minute. And we t- <laughs> I, I just told him, I said, what I can tell you is that someday I am going to die. Yes. And I said, if I'm going to be in that cemetery, I don't know. I don't know where we'll live. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm a I'm a realist as well. And I don't try and. That Sugar was a real cut, yeah. question for him, mm-hmm. and so I'm just like I'm going to be as matter of fact with him. I never, I never tried to keep it from him. Yeah. I, we never played games with that or anything. It's there. He was more mature than we were with it. Wow. <laughs> well, for unless real. you that's become wonderful. like little children. Yep, yep. that's exactly and that's what where he my that's what yeah. he taught us. Yeah. The other thing is people view death, dying. And the whole process of that as taboo. Like we can't talk about it. It needs to be oh, very... Oh, that makes me so sad too. It does. Uh, it yeah. does me too because how we were talking before we got started and man, we found how many rabbit holes we could go down with this oh, topic. Oh yeah, hundreds. And we're all comfortable with it. And I've gotten more comfortable talking to the friends and family about it because like you said, it's... It's not, not the right time when someone's laying in a hospital no, bed. No, you have to know before yeah. then, for everybody's sake, for the for the person who is ill and dying, for their sake, for those that are going to be left behind because they're the ones left with a heartache, and you have to talk about how to deal with it, yeah. what your desires are if you're in a situation where you're hooked up to machines, right? and so you're not putting your loved one into a position they wouldn't want to be in. Um, well, and I think a lot of times we act on our own selfish desires and and don't want to ask the question because it's scary. Yeah. And how do you demystify death? You just got to talk about it. You got to talk about it. You you don't have to wait till people are getting older because we don't know when we're going to die. Right. We talk about it today. Yeah. yeah. And And that's why we are. Yeah. And it shouldn't be a scary thing. Mm -hmm. And then I think a lot of people hide that stuff from children Mm -hmm. as well, which is interesting to me because we were talking about my funeral so we had planned mm-hmm. stuff and talked about that um, in anticipation. Like Ty even had to tell me to go call my life insurance company to ask how this works if I die. Like you talk about hard conversations. Sure. Wow. Yeah. That was a hard conversation to say, if I die, how does this work? Like, like it's real. Like you're mm-hmm. talking about yourself and it's like almost out of body experience that it, that it's happening. And, but you know, Coy, we talked about, I want to get cremated and where do I want my ashes? And then Koi's like, well, I want some of your ashes to go to Cabo because that's where you and I always go. And then I, cause I always want you there. And I'm that's like, cool. and he was nine years old yeah. wow. for him to yeah. have input like that. That's huge. It's huge. And yeah. to be a part of it. So when my brother died, he was cremated and <clears throat> he was living in another state with my dad. By the time my mom and I got there, he, he was gone. And I was, mm a couple days from being 14 my mind could not comprehend that like for years i would look for my brother yeah like just in public in airports like yeah how has somebody just gone like that because we didn't really talk about right death and it was i just couldn't understand it and apparently he wanted to be cremated which you could have said hello to me and I would have been pissed at you at the time. Like anything pissed me off right. during that period. Well, and it pissed gr- me. Grief is real. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it pissed me off that he wanted to be cremated. Where am I <laughs> supposed to go? Right. And over the years I've come to learn that. And I tell people it, for me, it doesn't matter what I want done to my body because 
I'm I'm just that's my suitcase and I left it. Amen. It was yeah. a temporary trip. Yep. And you can have the suitcase, do whatever you want with it, whatever makes you feel good. But on the flip side of that, when my mom died, it happened during COVID and we could not fulfill her wishes. Mm. And it drives me mm. crazy. Right. Right. So what I do, like I've come to embrace the cremation or accept it. And I've got my mom's ashes, my brother's ashes, and then my two dogs' ashes. Yep. They're all on my saddles. They're all in my cars. Amen. They're yeah. They are, they are located everywhere. If I go on an adventure in the mountains, the dogs go with me. Mm-hmm. Because those are the places they would love to be. Yeah. And it matters nothing to them unless they can look down and see me getting joy from taking them someplace they would have liked to go. You know? So it, for me, it all goes back to who's left there. What do they want? What can we do to give That's them exactly peace? That's exactly right. Yeah. Who's left? You want to know, yeah. you want to hear a good story about how God cares for us even to the end? Yes. I got a, I got a call from some people and they said, uh, there's a friend that went to save the cowboy. And she called and she goes, hey, can you come up to Sky Ridge? Because there's this uh, friend of mine is, is dying and um, they're not believers. And the wife is just having a hard time and you know whole nine yards and i'm just like what am i gonna say Mm -hmm. you know i mean my goodness so i went up to sky ridge and that's a a hospital south of denver and as i was walking to the uh like critical care unit there was a chapel and i just ducked into the chapel like you know how you do things without even really thinking uh-huh. about it it wasn't less i don't remember it being a conscious decision yeah. like oh there's a chapel i'm gonna walk in there and i'm gonna do this like i just went in there and there was nobody in there and i just i took my hat off and i just sat in the front row i just sat there and finally i said god i don't know what i'm doing i don't know why i'm here like what am i supposed to do I said, God, if there's anything to do here, it's you, not me. Mm-hmm. So I kind of dilly-dallied a little bit because I didn't, I was not looking forward to this conversation. And, um, but I got up and I went up there and of course, you know, I'm in boots in a, you know, I think I'd been horseback that day. Big I mean, 10 I, gallon hat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I walk in and, you know, there's no visitors. And I walk in and I say, hey, I'm here to see so-and-so. And they said, well, there's no visitors allowed. I said, well, I'm a pastor. And they didn't believe me. <laughs> uh, yeah, and right. I was like, well, I mean, like, do you want to look up my website? <laughs> I mean, like, I am a pastor. Now you have a business card. Yes, I hey, do have yeah. a business card. Yeah, you flap that now. out. Yeah, yeah. credentialing now. <laughs> and so I went in there and um, neither one of the, the wife wasn't there and my friend wasn't there. It was just him. Mm. And was, was that kind of awkward? Yeah, he was dying. Yeah, you, you don't know? know him, do you? No, I have no idea. And so I just sit there in, his be- in a <laughs> chair next to his bed, and I take my hat off, and I'm just praying. I was like, God, what do I do, you know? And the guy opens up his eyes, and he looks at me, and he goes, who are you? And I said, well, sir, I'm Kevin Weatherby. I'm the pastor of Save the Cowboy. And um, anyway, I said... Your wife's really worried about you, and I think you know just as well as anybody else that this is pretty much the end. I said, would you like to spend eternity with Jesus? He said, I never gave him much time here on earth, but I'd like to give him what was left. Wow. And I said, let's pray. 
and he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior right then. And he was sitting up, and anyway, you know, his hair was greasy, just, you know, how it is in yep. the hospital. You could tell he was really tired, and he was laboring. And I finally, I just smoothed his hair back, and I said, you rest now, everything's going to be okay. And, like, my heart is just hammering through my chest. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, nearly teary. And anyway, so I just sit there. And finally, I get a text, and she's like, my friend is like, where are you? I was like, I'm in the room. Where are you? <laughs> she goes, well, we've been waiting for you in the waiting room. I said, okay, I'll be right there. So I, I walked down to the waiting room, and, of course, the wife is crying, and my friend is sitting there, and she goes, well, do you want to go see? And I'm not going to say his name. Do you want to go see him? I said, well, I've already been in there, and y'all don't have anything to worry about. He accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, and the wife looked up and said, no, he didn't. And I was like, well, yeah, he, he did. And she goes, that's not possible. They said he'd never wake up again. Oh. And I said, well, oh. he, well, he did. And he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And, like, the wife would not believe it. And I wow. said, well, I, I, don't, I don't know what else to tell you. And so I just left. And I didn't make it to the front door. When they walked in, he was sitting up. Wow. And mm. he lived another three weeks. Wow. Mm. Got to go home. Now, he passed at home and everything. But that's just going to show you that God, God never gives no. up on us. He never. And right. I'm not it's, saying and that it's it beyond works. our comprehension. It yeah, it is. And it just, I mean, if anybody gets anything out of this today, man, don't wait. Don't yeah. wait. Yeah. And you don't have, know how the, much time. And have the conversation. Yes. Don't be afraid. Yeah. And yeah. it makes me wonder if that's the reason why we have so much fear behind death is maybe because one, we don't talk about it. Like you say, mm-hmm. we don't know. But I think there's so much, like you say, Kevin, that goes on in those in-between spots of of God and those people. There's just so much that I think happens that we have no idea about. Right. Yeah. And really the only people who know are in heaven because they went through it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's just I think that's for me, that's kind of where some of my I guess brings me a little bit of peace because I know how good of a God we serve. Mm-hmm. And I know that he loves his children. Absolutely. And I will tell you my personal experiences. And I don't know if I've seen hundreds of deaths, mm-hmm. not thousands, but a lot mm-hmm. that for me death is, is can be as glorious as a birth yeah. a brand new birth yeah and and that's really what it is right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the scheme of things yeah. absolutely and it is well tell them i mean i was i was hoping it would eventually lead to this mm-hmm. that christians don't experience death mm-hmm. right yeah and kathy's seen it with babies and i'm not saying they're christians but god's got them right yeah mm-hmm. and, yep and, and she's actually sees when god takes them yeah. Yeah, you can see their empty shell. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that it w- it's what. Tell them about. I mean, the moment you can tell the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can. If you see enough, you can actually see the soul when it leaves the body. I mean. Wow. And it's just. So what do y'all think about the rapture? Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. Yeah. I, yeah. I think. Um, it'll be done in a blink of an eye, and it'll be. I don't know, like getting on the walking walkway at the airport. Oh, the people movers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, he's just going to yeah. beam us up. It used to scare me for a little while, if I'm being honest, for a little while there. Like when I was kind of, I guess, maturing in my, when my faith was becoming my own. Mm-hmm. And I really started 
thinking about the rapture because before I'd never really thought about it. And it just, it was something I couldn't comprehend. I didn't know what it was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be scary. I didn't know if it was going to be like back home. Is it like, holy smokes, the world's ending? Oh, wait, no, no, no. That's just Jesus. You know, yeah. or figuring out, you know, what's <laughs> Sorry, going guys. On. Didn't mean to start with so, well, you. Know, <laughs> I, you know, I go all chicken little on this thing. You know, the sky is falling or whatever. Um, but yeah, it used to scare me until I really started, really started diving in and seeing what it was. Yeah. And, and really what a glorious thing it's going to be. If, you, if it's something ever happened and you think, am I left behind? Because where is it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That, I that's had my that. Fear. So, <laughs> yes. I'm like, yes. You don't want to be the guy sitting there, you know, know, horseback, and then all of a sudden there's a bunch of riderless horses and you're looking around going yeah. like, where'd everybody go? Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, it, uh, that, guys. Uh, guys. 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 Can anybody but, hear you know, me? No, it happened to me at home. I forget what was going on, but I needed to, I called my mom. I didn't get anybody. Went straight to voicemail. Called my dad. Didn't get anybody. Went straight to voicemail. Called my grandmother. Voicemail. Oh, no. My mom or my sister. Voicemail. I'm thinking, well, I that's just. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm screwed. <laughs> this isn't good. Yeah. Well, okay. So I don't think that Christians die. How so? Okay. So, I, yes, their physical mm. bodies do, okay? But the Bible says that there's two deaths, mm-hmm. okay? And there's there's the death that takes us from earth, mm-hmm. but then there's the second death for unbelievers, right? And would that be? The goats. <laughs> Right, the goats. <laughs> the goats. Separating the sheep and the goats. Separate the sheep and the goats. You know, and, and so they get they get to experience death. Mm-hmm. And I don't. For you Christians, and this is I'm not going to lie. This is one of the reasons I believe in God is because I don't think that Christians experience. They don't experience death. I'm not saying that they don't die. They don't experience death. Why? Because they've already died. To to self. So how does that? How's that work? So our, our souls go on. Yes, and it, it's and like our, we just we've already experienced death because we've been dying to self. So when it comes the actual time for our hearts to stop and everything mm. like that, I think we're taken before our body dies. Our soul leaves our soul. Our soul mm. leaves. There's no both. question in and, my and mind. That's yeah, where I wanted you to go with that. Yeah, yeah. she's. Yeah. There's no question. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So yeah. we do not yeah. experience the death. Now, um, there's a story that John Hagee tells that uh, he's a pastor down in San Antonio, Texas, and I heard him talk about it one time, and he'd gone in to visit somebody in the hospital, and they were in the emergency room, and this guy's like, hey, aren't you that preacher on TV? And he's like, yeah. He's like, well, I don't believe any of that crap, and blah, blah, blah. And John's like, okay, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, a couple of weeks later, he's in there again, and they're coming in with an ambulance, and it's that same guy. Mm. And he ho- he tells the people pushing the gurney, he's like, stop, stop, stop. And he hollers out to him. He's like, preacher, come here. And John goes over there, and he grabs a hold of John's hand, and he said, you tell him it's real. Oh, he said, oh my gosh. You tell them it's real. Oh. He goes, it's too late for me 
I can feel the fires of hell, but preacher, you tell them it's real and you keep doing it. And he died right then. Oh, oh my gosh. But I got do, goosebumps. Okay. Now I want to I want to oh, ask something. I do too. But I'm also sitting in front of the AC. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Oh. I tried to point it away from no, you. No, it's much better. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I didn't it wasn't think, drying your eyeballs out. <laughs> no, but I didn't think I could make it through the whole podcast without chattering. So thank you. What's so interesting is... Um, Having read about the near-death experiences, you hear a lot about people who are shown hell. Mm -hmm. That's their report. Mm -hmm. And you guys, I am repeating things that I have read, written by other people. You are free to believe or not to believe. So, Mm -hmm. moving forward with that, I read about people who are shown bits of hell in an effort to convince them. They come back and say that. So, do my immediately thought was no it's not too late for you you are recognizing him right now yeah and i want to believe that that was him accepting hmm. i would hope i would I, hope yeah i don't i, I don't know. know but the the part the part that scares me sarah is that's a heart that's the that's the consequences of a hard that, heart that's yeah. where i was going to go that, yeah. that that guy's heart was too hard even yeah. to the end I mean, and prideful. He wasn't gonna. Ooh, yeah, he like, wasn't I'm, gonna I'm give not, it up. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I was 15 years old, had half my pancreas removed, and after surgery, not right after surgery, a couple of days later, I went into CAT scan, and I'm laying there, and they, you know, they start the IV. I mean, I already had it in, but anyway, I'm laying there, and I, I don't, I can't tell you how many MRIs and CAT scans that I'd had and everything, but I was laying there, and I'm a bad asthmatic, and the guy walked <laughs> behind the, the deal, and he goes, he's a badass. That's, That's what exactly I was what I was thinking. I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, what is asthmatic? What's a badassmatic, anyway? Badassmatic. That means I'm a badass automatically. But anyway, so I'm laying there, and he goes, okay, Kevin, we're getting ready to start. Is everything okay? And I said, it kind of feels like I'm getting asthma. And so he said, okay. So he walks back around and he walks over and he goes, how are you feeling now? Now he just walked around and I said, no, I said, it, it feels like it's getting worse. And he reaches over and he turns something off on the IV and he walks over there and he gets on the phone. Well, now it's getting really bad. Oh boy. And it just, it was didn't like no wheezing. I just no my it's like somebody was sitting on my chest. No couldn't get air. I just could not get air. And about that time, man, like Code Blue. Yes. Stat to C T room one. Stat to C T room one. Wow. And they come barreling in there and I kept trying to put my feet up on the machine because you know, when you can't breathe you you're you're yep. floundering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you're just trying to find a spot. And I remember looking over, and one nurse had all these syringes, Ooh. and the other nurse had them, and she was putting them in there, and just, I mean, yep, it wasn't them. that like, okay, this may burn. I mean, they're they're just, going, they're just putting stuff in me. And there was this one nurse, and I think her only job was to hold my hand. And I don't know if that wow. was an actual job, or mm. she just fell into that, but she was holding my hand, and they're working on me, and I I mean, I was scared, but my doctor happened to be walking by. He's the one that responded. My doctor. Mm -hmm. And I looked up at him, and he had his white coat on, and he had a tie. And I grabbed him (laughs) by his tie. And, like, I don't have any air. And I basically said, help me. 
And the first time I was scared because he looked at me, he said, God, Kevin, I'm trying. Oof. Oh, my and Lord. And that's when I got scared. Yeah. Oof. And um, anyway, I just I couldn't breathe. And suddenly everything starts going black. Well, at 15, you don't think that you're just running out of oxygen. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I thought I was dying. Yeah. And I, I kept putting my feet up on the machine and she would put my feet down. And, you know, they're trying to hold me down and they're starting to intubate me. Mm. And everything, and before I passed out, I just went, I just relaxed. Because in my mind, I thought, well, I'm dead. Yep. And this is going to be sound so strange, but my near-death experience was a disco ball. <laughs> of course it was for you. It was you. a disco ball, right? <laughs> and the disco ball in all of those little mirrors was somebody that I loved. Oh, oh and I it love was that. it was spinning around. And I was able to say goodbye to everybody at once. Wow. And I remember that last breath I took, which I thought I was dying. I remember the last breath. And honest to goodness, people, I thought, (laughs) I don't know what the big deal is. It's not that bad. Mm. Mm. And then I woke up with the most horrible headache (laughs) that ever lived. Now, my poor mother, this was at Baylor Medical Center in Dallas. And she was sitting there, and she heard over the intercom, stat to CT room one, and then suddenly a crash cart and all this start piling into my room. She ends up grabbing one nurse by the arm and said, "What? Well, you know, that's my son in there. And she goes, well, he's having a hard time breathing. And, of course, they wouldn't let her in. And they took me to recovery and everything. And I'll never forget whenever I woke up in recovery with such a bad headache. Uh, the nurse said, is there anything I can get you? I said, I think I need to call my mom. Oh, no. <laughs> and... Um, I think I was in room 1403 and she goes, what room are you in? And I said, 1403. And she dialed it and she handed it to me. And, uh, (laughs) I try not to tear up. She answered. You could tell she's just been bawling, just bawling. And she answered. She's like, hello. And I said, hi, mom. (laughs) And she just (laughs) lost it. Like she couldn't even talk. And I was like, mom, I'm okay. I'm okay. But ever since then... You've been okay? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Mm. I'm trying to think when I became okay with it. And I always think... I think after my brother's death, which sent me into a downward spiral for a number of years, but it was maybe in my early 20s, I started to kind of snap out of it and just really rethinking everything about life and God and all of that i don't think i had a specific moment that was like all right this is just part of it right it's just part of it so well like i said earlier today would have been my grandmother's 100th Mm -hmm. birthday and she died on a sunday and uh we were having church out here and at the end of that yep Mm -hmm. i prayed for my grandmother in front of everybody yep and Mm -hmm. i said you know and god if i could ask for something personal right now I'd ask you to take care of my grandmother. Wow. She loves you. And mm. I said something else. And As I walked walking. and I walked off stage and my phone went off and my dad said, Mother just passed. Did you apologize? Mm-mm. I'm kidding. No, I know. I know. And <laughs> I think it's it a wonderful w- it thing. It was just but you know, she was a librarian mm. and mm. she had macular degeneration, so she couldn't read anymore and she mm. had bad ankles and she couldn't work. Mm. She always had roses. All of her flower beds, she had roses. She couldn't go out there. She was miserable. 
and yeah. like the day she passed i would the conflicting emotions mm-hmm. i was so thankful she she could see again and she you know she well, didn't even, waddle when change, she walked it doesn't change our humanness does it no. we mm-hmm. know someone's and i recently heard something about that that sometimes we say well they're christian they're in a better place right mm-hmm. but it negates the humanness of our grief and our pain that we feel um and we're in a fallen world we're here on earth and mm-hmm. again we can, we are going to have all those emotions the fear yeah. and the anger and the sadness and the overwhelming depression and mm-hmm. that's the realness of it yeah no matter how, what we believe so a girl the other day texts me and she goes do you do grief counseling and i said well I mean, I'll talk to anybody, but I'm not a counselor. Just because yeah. you're a pastor does not make you a counselor. And please, y'all understand that. We, I yeah. mean, we all do the best we can, but you know, I haven't been trained in counseling. And, and I said, well, I'll talk to anybody. But, and she goes, well, they gave my mom two weeks to live. And I said, I'm really sorry. And um, anyway, but at the very end of the conversation, she goes, well, I just wish my mom wasn't going to die. Mm. and my response to her was I wish it worked like that honey you're right I really Mm -hmm. did I wish it worked Mm -hmm. like that but it doesn't no because again we can't understand God's plan right and we can't see it at the time and why each one is called home yeah so how do we prepare ourselves I don't know I mean ask questions well yeah what do do we want to let people when you well, say, I wish it worked like that, uh-huh. then we wouldn't need faith. Yeah, right. right. That's like true. That. 100%. Uh-huh. That's true. So One, that, to make me, sure that, there. That's so the that, first thing. So that's, to me, always the answer. Mm-hmm. Yep. How do we prepare? Mm-hmm. Make sure make sure you're strong in your faith. Make Conversations. Sure, yep, make sure you know God. Yeah. Make sure yeah. you know, uh, make sure your family, you know, you have those conversations. And Don't was, be afraid to ask the question. I was talking with Floyd the other day, and not uh, the other day, it was a while back, about... You know, when you talked about ashes mm-hmm. and he's like, he's like, dad, do you want to get buried or, or cremated? And I said, I don't, it doesn't really matter. To I, me. Don't I, said, I don't need to take up a piece of land. Right. You know, this, that's what I told him. I said, this land's getting cut up. Don't, don't put me in the dirt. Yeah. Said, to build a I said, shopping soon, center yeah, over the top of get you. Burned. And he said, then what? And I said, he said, then he said, if, if you if you dump your ashes, then there's, then you got to travel all that way to visit that place. I said, you don't have to dump the ashes. No. I said, just bury them in the backyard, and when you move, you dig them up, and you go and well, okay, house, you, you bury them in you the backyard. You get a box. And, it's a decent-sized box. Then there's a grave site to go visit every yeah. single day. You can go out back and visit me. Yeah. I said, I said, I, don't worry about me. I said, don't worry about that. I said, whatever works for you. Exactly. Is, what is brings him peace thing. and comfort. So, you know, if you want to go dump them somewhere, if you want to, you know, whatever. I said, but mm-hmm. I said that's not really the the point. Yeah, right. I said the the point of funerals and burials and ashes and everything is for the living. Exactly. Yeah. It's not for the dead. Right. Yep. Well, in some cultures. Yeah, in some cultures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In I'm America, that be, would I'm be the. I'm gonna be long gone. Yeah. It mm-hmm. don't matter. There are other cultures though that that stuff absolutely does mm-hmm. come into play, right. and how you're buried right. will yep. affect yep. the right. believed right. outcome. But yeah. my thought is. Um, while you're living this life, you you got to know that death is a part of it for you and everybody around Live you. It. Live your life. And don't miss any chances to love or yeah. forgive. 
grow or mend relationships and to live your life the best that you can according to what Jesus told you to do. Mm-hmm. Don't wait, guys. No. Don't wait. Yeah. Because Be if you're if you're listening to this, you've got a chance to live forever. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, you yeah. do. And you know, one of our one of our mutual good friends that used to work for Save the Cowboy. When her husband died, I was I was holding his hand. Mm. I felt his last heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And I remember the time before that when we knew it was wasn't the day it was uh, I think it was two days before anyway I don't know if he was a believer the only thing he said was God knows my heart mm-hmm. but he never would say that Jesus was his Lord and Savior or anything mm-hmm. and I remember getting in the truck and it's not like I planned or knew it was coming but I started like weeping nearly uncontrollably and uh the person I was with said, look, I know that this is hard, but like, why are you crying? And like, and it <laughs> sounds such like a, like a, it was a very kind question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they, they really they cared about it. They no. knew you. Yes. And they, like, this is a, a role that, yes, not a role, but this is one of your job duties. Yes. And, and they said, what's the reason you're crying? I know that there's a hundred, but what's, what's the reason? Mean? And, and I looked at her with just, I mean. I'm talking one of snotting type <laughs> cries, yep. and I, and that's kind of embarrassing to admit, being a tough cowboy. But I looked at her and I said, "All he has to say is Jesus, forgive me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus, be. I mean, like, I think God's waiting on you, that, yeah. and that's that all you have to do. Man pride. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it it literally broke my. I mean, I wept mm-hmm. because I was like. I mean, it's it's so bad that uh, that that's all he had to do. Yeah. And but he did tell her that he wasn't going to be one of those guys that lived his life however he wanted to, and then begged for forgiveness in the Why very not? end. That's exactly yeah. right. It's a, but you know what? That's what a hard heart does. Yeah. 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 Stubborn. That's what a hard heart does. Well, and people need to remember, like you said, you we have a chance to live forever. Mm-hmm. We're gonna yeah. live forever. Oh yeah, all of us. You're all of gonna us are live immortal. forever. Yeah. yeah, we're all immortal. It just what depends you get on to do is you get to choose, free will. Mm-hmm. You get to choose where you live forever. Life with God or life apart. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Ooh. So we all have. We're all superhuman. We, we're we're all immortal. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, uh, man, make the choice. Make the choice now. Don't yeah. don't wait and say, oh, I'm gonna wait, you know, and see and. You know, I'm no. going to wait till I'm on the deathbed and then make the choice so I can do whatever I want to between now and then. Yeah. You don't know when that's going to be. Not exactly. everybody dies on their deathbed. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Did y'all, did y'all happen to see, we have a program called the Long X Ranch Cowboys, and they, it's a subscription-based deal, and um, those people uh, allow us to feed hundreds and hundreds of families with beef and all of this stuff. And one of our Long X Ranch Cowboys, Jay Cope, uh, he's he's just he's one of our favorites. Yeah. And uh and he's ornery as heck. He <laughs> which is why he's one of yes. our favorites. But he wrote a deal today called Unconditional Love. Mm. And it says the young preacher was trying to convince the old man of God's unconditional love by the fact that God sent his only son to save us. The old man just stared at an ant wander wandering around on the ground. Preacher, he finally asked. 
If that ant needed saving, would Jesus have become an ant? Stunned by the old man's seemingly ridiculous question, the preacher finally replied, Sir, you're a million times more important to God than an ant. And the old man kept staring at the ant and said, If God had even one other reason besides unconditional love to send Jesus to save me, then by definition, it wouldn't be unconditional. Whoa. God loves y'all unconditionally. Yeah, he, he loves us unconditionally. Don't I? I just I get so mad when I hear people say, "Well, I just don't deserve it." No, you don't. Nobody. Does. Yeah, but life isn't fair. No. You know, well, I mean, like they don't deserve God's love. Like, oh, I, I okay, don't okay. deserve God's love. I don't deserve. Yeah, none it. of us do. None of us do. No. And yet He offers it to us. Yep. Freely. And, and you know what? I know that there's going to be somebody listening yep. that's kind of been on the fence. The fence isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. You're either with him or you're against him. That's There's right. no fence, and There's mm-hmm. no. F- and that's that's scripture. Yeah. yeah. And and please. And he loves you just as awful as you are. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right where you are, yeah. he yeah. loves you, and we can't grasp that sometimes because we can't love like that. Right. No. As hard but as we he try, can. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So if somebody's out there listening, and you're afraid of dying. You don't have to be. Mm-hmm. Nope. It could be it, a beautiful it, thing. Yes. Yes. And yeah. make it be a beautiful thing. Yeah. Make, for your family's sake. Yeah. Make it be a beautiful thing. That's why we do what we do. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Man, I think we could talk on this topic oh, yeah. for hours until mm-hmm. we were stiff in our seats. But. But I'm pumped. Okay. <laughs> Another death joke. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Are you just now getting it? No, <laughs> I was just trying to come up with something witty. Oh. I could see the I could see the wheels moving. I was like, oh, yeah, Kevin's about ready yeah. to drop something no. awesome. I yeah. almost I, messaged you earlier, Blake, to tell you to get a list ready. Earlier. Get a list of puns. I told like you yesterday, but you were so overcome yeah. by the business cards. I was. I really he was. You were handing them out yeah, to I'm everybody. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a big deal. You are a big deal. <laughs> well, I mean, anybody that's VP over World Ranch. Yeah. Well, I say vice president of ranching operations. Worldwide ranching Worldwide. operations. Worldwide, Worldwide ranching Worldwide. operations. Yeah, not yeah. just national. Yeah. Yeah. No. We gotta change my business card now. Because <laughs> it just says If you're manager. if we're expanding to that, you do not get to put my phone number on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I told Sarah yesterday. I'm like like uh, how come I got this business card with my number on it? But all I ever do is tell people to call you. Sarah, <laughs> why don't you give me a business card with my name and your number? Yeah. Exactly. Just to eliminate yeah. the middleman. Yeah, we're not gonna get another phone number <laughs> but then i would have to carry two phones and i've tried that and i failed i, I will I not do, do it either mitch does it well he uh, used to do it used to <laughs> he used to yeah. do it do so. you have his phone now do i have his what old phone uh-uh. no he lost it no we don't know where it is okay oh, mitch needs did y'all try calling it he's always losing <laughs> well we did the only bad thing is it's been lost for a month so it's dead <laughs> as a doornail <laughs> It would no. be, but oh, ah. yeah, well, here they all come. Right. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you to all of you sitting here with thank me. You, for Kathy. The yes. Yes. Thank yeah, you, Kathy. Yes, yeah, that was wonderful. Privilege and an honor. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, you guys have a wonderful day out there. Uh, don't forget to 
subscribe. That's the word I was looking for. Subscribe to Cowboy Conversations on Save the Cowboy podcasts and rate us and review us. You can find us at www.savethecowboy.com or you can email me at admin at savethecowboy.com. We would love your feedback and even some topic ideas. Amen. So don't hold back, guys. Have a good one.